that we've been over this. There has to be a World War Three and Four first. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's the beauty of World War Five, Lois. It's so intense, it skips over the other two. Peter, it doesn't work. I have spoken! What else did he say? He said you were the best in the Parsec. I have spoken. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to We Have Spoken, the brand new Geekiverse podcast and web show based on Disney Plus's Star Wars series, The Mandalorian. Uh, I'm Josiah Leroy. With me today, Tom Colbert. Tom, what's up, buddy? Not too much. I'm looking forward to breaking this down a little bit more. It was a lot to unpack here. so a lot to unpack for sure. Uh, so this kind of came about relatively quickly. Uh, Tom texted me... Friday just before uh, episode two of Mandalorian came out and said, have you guys podcasted about this yet? And I was like, no, but I really want to. Yep. Uh, so here we are and we are podcasting about it. Uh, so you can watch the show on youtube.com slash the Geekiverse and you can also uh, listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that be iTunes or SoundCloud. So uh, fair mention, we are going to talk about a lot of spoilers here. So spoilers for um, the entire the entirety of the first two episodes of The Mandalorian. Uh, so we'll kind of dive in. Let's get our, our first reactions of the combined maybe first two episodes here. Uh, what are we thinking so far, Tom, for this uh, this first live-action Star Wars series? Um, I actually went into it um, with pretty high expectations, uh, and I was not disappointed in the least. I mean, when I... I know. I guess I was very surprised by just the quality of, you know, the effects and you know the spaceships, the aliens, um, the movie quality of you know this show and how much time and money they put into this. Which Big production value. Absolutely. Um, I want to say uh, fifteen million dollars per episode. Brian uh, Stoyle from the Geekiverse had, had written that about a year ago. Uh, there's a little bit of a preview on the budgeting for this. So fifteen million an episode. Uh, there's going to be eight episodes here in this first season. They're already begin beginning to work on on season two yep. but uh visually from a visual standpoint everything looks wonderful right absolutely um so i thought in particular the the few glimpses we've seen in space looked wonderful again it was just like if i went to a theater and saw episode one i wouldn't think i was watching a tv show i mean that's yeah kind of where i go into it so how about um let's see some of the the creatures we've seen um so obviously CG in some cases. What do we think about that? So um, I feel like that's always been a lightning rod for for Star Wars over the years. Well, they they set the the bar pretty high right away when they had the first like creature attack when um it was a a, rag, a Ragnarok or Ragnarok it jumps out of the ice and it, like a Ragnarok. Ragnarok. <laughs> Speaking it's of basically the the big walrus alien that comes out of the ice and you know takes down the speeder and then it grabs uh, the Mandalorian ship and when that just came out of the water and that whole scene happened i was just blown away by like oh this is what we're in for it's gonna be you know these action high quality cgi cuts that you know they didn't half-ass anything with this and like we're not going to be seeing you know spotty work so does it feel like the episodes fly by to you so the first episode was perfect and then episode two was a little bit shorter because it wasn't the intro episode so i was slightly disappointed with that only because i wanted more I wasn't upset with the quality of it being shorter. They still got a whole story into it. Um, but I just wanted that extra, like, 10, 15 minutes of, like, squeeze it in. I'll, I want 45-minute episodes every single time now. <laughs> I know. I know. It's hard. It, these have flown by for me. And a lot of times when a, a TV show is anywhere in that 40, 45-minute range, it doesn't fly by for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit impatient with it. But that being said, uh, I for episode one, so Disney Plus comes out last Tuesday now that would be the 12th mm -hmm. and I um, I was watching my daughter and I didn't want to kind of watch it with her because I wanted to really immerse myself not that there was anything I didn't want her to see per se but I wanted to sit down and really get into it turn the lights off you know turn up the the sound bar and go into it so um, there was that and then I was actually going to a movie with my dad relatively late at night we went to see Midway so I had about a 43 minute window uh, almost to be exact between when those were happening and I was like do I do it do I do it and I did I turned it on real quick and uh, I went through it and it flew by yeah. absolutely flew by um, got home from the movie pretty late and watched it again so 
Um, I, I can't wait here for, for episode three. Uh, thanks for tuning in so far. Again, uh, this is We Have Spoken, uh, the brand new podcast at the Geekiverse based on The Mandalorian. Uh, we're going to do this. Uh, we're going to try to do this weekly, uh, give a recap on, on each episode and what we can look forward to or what we think we can look forward to in uh, the coming week. Uh, that being said, this is based off of so our, our, our titling for the episode off of one of the prime characters. Yep. Uh, if you've watched the show, which I'd hope you are if you're watching us here, uh, but I have spoken uh, the phrase said numerous times by Qui- Qui- it's, Quill? It's Quill? Q- Q-U-I-L-L. I don't recall actually hearing his name, but it was Quill or, or Quill. So maybe um, maybe Quill, but... Uh, we'll have to go with one of them for the podcast. <laughs> yes. Uh, so played by uh, Nick Nolte. And uh, a character I think I'm going to enjoy. I hope he he recurs throughout the season here. Yeah, there's a certain, um, I want to say, like, wisdom that he has where he's definitely, you know, experienced and he has his own moral compass of saying, you know, I, I don't know I don't know who you are, but I can tell that, you know, you're going to help me and I, I'm trusting you to, to do this. And he helps the Mandalorian way more than anyone would help a stranger <laughs> that I could at least see. He gives um, a little bit of reasoning too, kind of like he, he doesn't, he sounds like he spent his whole life in some sort of combat and he wants to, to get that clear where he is yeah. towards what seems to be the end of his life. I don't know. We don't, mm. we assume he's an older character. I mean, there could be some kind of, um, I don't know how old he is, but maybe a, a Clone War reference or a, um, you know, fall of the empire battle that he fought and then he was a part of. So that would be interesting to kind of break down his backstory. So he sees the Mandalorian uh, helping him as an option to, to kind of speed along that process towards peace because mm. he'll get the job done and peace he'll do it well. Valley, That's right. Uh, so this, uh, this planet here also, uh, not Tatooine. So no. you, obviously we've got Tatooine, we've got Jakku, we've got the new sand movie, uh, of which name is escaping me for Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. which apparently is not going to be one of those two planets. So lots of sand planets in Star Wars, as we see kind of these like one trick ecosystems. But um, the name of the planet. Um, so e- this is uh, Ar- Arvilla 7. Arvilla 7. Based off of uh, StarWars.com. I kind of got some that info on it because before we started this, the first thing I said was, is that Tatooine? I mean, well, between right. the, I mean, we got the Jawas and the Sandcrawler. We got the Moisture Farmers. But I suppose it's just a desert planet, and that seems to be, you know, the habitat for Jawas, and obviously they need moisture in, on deserts, so I guess we can't be naive and say every sand planet is Tatooine. <laughs> I know. So. I know. After a while, it's like, oh, come on. Um, I I can't wait to talk about that sequence yes. in episode two. Why don't we... I'm getting ahead. Sorry. No, no, I, I jumped there. Why don't we go through... Uh, kind of line by line, Tom uh, took some notes for us, and we'll kind of we'll comment on the two episodes, uh, starting with episode one here. Right off the get go, uh, we get uh, this was a, a teaser clip that was released by Disney uh, for the Mandalorian, and we get to see uh, right off the bat who, in a way, this guy is in terms of how tough he is, how he's respected, how he's feared. So, t- uh, take us through that opening sequence. So right away we see uh, the Mandalorian arrive on this icy world and he goes to this cantina and um, basically goes to the bar just to kind of get a drink. Um, in the background, though, there is um, a character. His name is Mithral being harassed by two or three other aliens um, who are basically just trying to mug him and get his credits. And um, I'm not sure what their actual intentions were at that point. Rebel um, Rousers, for yeah. sure. And uh, Mithral, who is played by uh, Horatio Sands, who is from SNL from the late 90s, early 2000s. I had no idea that that's who that was. I thought I had an idea, um, and then you just kind of showed me me a a quick video, and I was like, oh my gosh, I couldn't believe that's who it was. He does the, the famous skit of, I wish it was Christmas today. Um, which is spoofed a lot on like Jimmy Fallon, and I believe it was him, Jimmy Fallon. Um, there's two other guys that are in it, but you you would know the scene if you saw the guy with the keyboard moving his head back and forth like this. <laughs> it's it's fantastic. Just look it up. <laughs> um, yeah. But basically, he's in the background of this scene that's happening, and then when the Mandalorian walks in, the guys who are harassing him go to the bar and start harassing the Mandalorian, 
again just because. I mean, I wouldn't have done it. But <laughs> no, like what? What about this was okay to, um, to say that we want to mess with this guy? Yeah, I mean, it could have been a hate for the Mandalorian culture, or just you know trying to prove he's tougher than these famous warriors um, in front of you know his friends. But what basically entails is a quick little fight scene, which just shows how badass the Mandalorian is. And um, yeah, oh yeah in that first few minutes, I think it's actually takes place within the first four minutes of the episode. Um, we see that the Mandalorian can fight. He's okay with killing people. Yep. If it's self-defense, at least so we can tell, um, he has all the cool gadgets that we've seen Boba Fett and Jango Fett and other Mandalorians use like in the clone Wars series. Um, and one of the things I liked is that it shows he isn't perfect because right away he takes a shot right to the chest which A, shows his armor is super strong. Oh my gosh, yeah. And B, shows he's going to get beat up a little bit, and he's not this like flawless character. He's going to get shot and beat up, which we end up seeing throughout the entire first two episodes. So he, he takes a beating. He does. So. Um, and it, the, the, the setting here, so five years after Return of the Jedi, uh, it's kind of billed on Disney Plus as this lawless time and this mm-hmm. individual... Fall who, of the Empire. Yeah, the, he's take, kind of making his way through the universe. Uh, which kind of reminds you back of Django Fett in the prequels when he said he's just a simple man trying to make his way in the universe. Um, so, yeah, the uh, laser bolt goes off of the Mandalorian's chest, and I think back to, like, Captain Phasma uh, in Episode Eight, where it just bounces right off right their armor. Uh, he breaks that guy's arm. He um, ends up pulling that one, and then the door shuts, and I, I, I kind of was like... <laughs> I was jaw dropped. I'm like, did he just cut that guy in half? The door, the door cut him in half. He didn't cut him in that's half. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so if he would have just, you know, not struggled, it would have been different. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I was, I was a little bit shocked at first. I was like, oh my gosh, are they're going to do this on, di- yeah. on Disney Plus? But it, it wasn't really that bad. It is rated PG. So yeah, yeah. It is safe. I mean, if you're worried about it, watch it with your kids or watch it by yourself first before your kids watch it. But it, it was nothing that was not Star Wars. No. So. No, definitely not. Uh, a little bit dark in tone, which is fine. Yeah. Um, I think some of the better Star Wars uh, moments happen to be that. But uh, so we go there and then we find out, hey, guess what? That, that character has a bounty on his head. Yeah, so the um, uh, Mithral here is thanking the Mandalorian for killing his harassers and saving him, and then uh, the Mandalorian puts a disc on the table, and it shows his picture on it, and he goes, oh, uh, a puck. It's, uh, <laughs> I like that they named me. him that. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. Uh, that's, that's a bounty. And he kind of tries to talk his way out of it and bribe his way out of it. Yeah. And next thing you know, they're walking out of the bar, and they're hailing a cab to their ship. I, so, I, uh, I love that they're called pucks. Being a big hockey fan yep. is what it is. <laughs> um, I love, a <laughs> yeah, a bounty puck. Um, so that first speeder that comes up, I thought was really cool. And I thought first thing was like, I'd love this in like a collectible form mm-hmm. or in a toy form, even oh, just for sure. Something There's for a so desk. much marketing they can do with this already. Oh my gosh, I was even thinking about like Funkos that I want, and I stay away from Funko Pops. Like I don't let myself buy them because where does the collecting end? I don't. I'm all in it, <laughs> <laughs> and I still have uh, like ten of them. Uh, which is not yeah. a lot, but just for someone who doesn't yeah. actively... I probably got like 15 or 20 and same thing, but it's, it has to be things I love that them. I'm passionate about, though. Oh, for like, sure. Like, I need to love the character to get the, the pop figure. Yeah. I'm not yeah. just going to get every single Star Wars one. I'd have no money. Oh, my gosh. No. Like 10 bucks a piece. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no, they're they're not cheap when you, you they're have great to... gift ideas. <laughs> they are great <laughs> gift great ideas. Gift it's a nice ideas. way to say I was thinking about you. Yeah, you know, you like this and yeah. you're worth and $10. I, I, lo- <laughs> I do love Funkos. I just try not to because I feel like I would be dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I want uh, the land speeder that is driven by the built-in astromech. Okay. I See, think... I want the other one. <laughs> okay. Very good. So, so what happens with here is um, the alien which I don't know the name of the species, but it's the one from A New Hope, which calls the stormtroopers to chase down Han and Luke. Um, he's kind of got the walkie-talkie and the little elephant trunk, and he's saying, like, hey, they're this way, basically. I want to um, say his name has the word snoot in it, but keep going, because bl- I'm going to look. That does sound right. I'm going to look uh, it up. Yeah, look it up and find out. But it's that same alien species, so I, that was a callback right there for me, being like, this is one of the first aliens we've really like had a close look at, and here he is again, the same species, which I haven't seen much in any other Star Wars. No, definitely so, not. Very cool there. Um, and this nice speeder comes up. It's got an astromech droid in it or some kind of similar droid. Um, uh, I guess I was wrong. His name is Garindin. Garindin. I'm thinking of a different character then. We're going to call him Snoot. I like Snoot better. 
I swear that was a thing. <laughs> um, so this, this first Peter comes up with a droid in it, and the Mandalorian says, no droids. So I don't know if he has a thing against droids or if he just knows they can, you know, be hacked and they can track him. And, I mean, there might be some kind of separate backstory there. Yeah, I wonder. We'll wait and see. Ironically enough, later he's shooting side by side with one droid. Yeah, exactly. So but I don't know. The, the second speeder comes up and it's got some old guy in it and he's got this ratty old speeder and they go on their way. So It's pretty funny. Um, yeah, that's a good character too. Take over the next part here. Yeah, so uh, we get in and uh, they're you know, basically getting ready to square up before they leave. And um, through in, in the distance, you see this this huge rumbling and you assume there's a creature under the ice. They say stay off mm-hmm. the ice. And sure enough, up, up pops this huge, almost like slug. Um, I believe it was a, a Ravenac. Okay. It's, it's how I typed it. I may have misheard it, but it was uh, Ravenacs. Gotcha. I'm learning all like the new terminology. Yeah. It's funny here because it, I love when there's something new... <laughs> Uh, in terms of Star Wars lore, because right now it's all fresh and you're just like you're learning these new uh, bits of terminology. But in a few years, it'll just be a part it's, of our, ling- our lingo. Trivia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it'll just be a part of our everyday, probably Star Wars dialect to yep. an extent. So it's kind of funny how I, I love that. I love that with every new, whether it's a new Star Wars movie, new TV series, new full live action series uh, like we've got. It's just it, Star Wars is always getting better, I think. Um, so they, it's funny though, this creature. Uh, latches onto the ship and uh, to get away the Mandalorian comes out and basically just zaps it. He just tases it. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like nah. He's been around the block before yeah. so it was almost just like getting a bug off the windshield. Yeah definitely fearless definitely like not his first rodeo kind of feel. No definitely you know. not. Um, what, what do you think of the ship by the way? So Star Wars ships are kind of a, a thing and especially when you have the slave one with Boba Fett and Jango Fett. Mm-hmm. You got the Falcon obviously with Han Solo. Um there's just these these kind of iconic ships. And that's I feel like what they were going for a little bit here. Yeah, I mean this ship gives me more of um I don't know if you ever watched Firefly. I did not. Um it gives me that kind of feel which is more fitting with this kind of like western like style of the show. Um, and I, that's what they're going for. Yes. So the so Razor Crest, by the way, is the name of the ship. He has this old, which I want to say is just like a military transport ship, which he kind of retrofitted. Doesn't it look like a one of the Clone Wars uh, Republic gunships? A it little does. bit, where yeah. it has like those those turbines on the the top left mm-hmm. and right. That it, it reminded me of that. Could have been something like that. I'm not sure. If I recall reading something, it was about it was some kind of just basic transport ship, and it was definitely older, which is why um, Mithral was like, th- th- "We're taking this thing. We're taking this ship." Kind of like a callback to Leia being like this hunk of yeah, junk, you know. <laughs> for sure. So um, it's funny that he even said he'd go out of pocket to yeah, not have to do that. And he was willing to, you know, flight his own bounty to not go in that ship. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, so then they go to outer space, and there's um, a fun little scene where he's kind of trying to swindle his way of like, hey, you know, I got money, I can get out of this, I can. Uh, you know, I can pay double, and the Mandalorian is just not saying a word. <laughs> I wasn't. <at> all. <laughs> I wasn't sure of the tone at this point because it was yeah. it was almost bordering goofy, mm-hmm. um, and like this character is trying to almost like lighten the tension. We know he's really in the back of his mind trying to swindle yeah. the Mandalorian, uh, the Mandalorian, so he can get out. Uh, but uh, him exploring the ship wasn't. This was, was a really really nice segue. I thought into seeing the kind of giving us a tour of the ship. Yeah, it was like a subtle way of like showing us like the ship without us realizing we were even seeing it until like after we're like, oh, we just saw like, you know, yes, all the things that he's capable of and that he has going on. Here's the weaponry he's got going. Yep. Here's this. Here's that. Here's and where he sleeps. Here's the bathroom. It was, <laughs> all, it was all there. It was really. I cool. thought it was funny. They so the first time they've really said anything about going to the bathroom, yep. like in Star Wars. What would you say? You wouldn't say I'm going to the bathroom, so they say evacuating. Evacuating. <laughs> yep. I thought that was interesting. And he, and he was molting. Yes, why, he was. Why he had to go to the bathroom. He, he was molting. <laughs> so he gets down there. We see some pretty iconic stuff uh, with the carbonite. Yes. So he, uh, the Mandalorian, has captured three or four other individuals at this point. It was um, one Rodian and then two humans or humanoids, one male, one female. Okay. Um, and we see basically an um, empty slot after that. Yeah. And uh, he brings up, which we'll get to a, a list of Easter eggs kind of at the end of this, uh, but he brings up Life Day. And I, I just kind of went. Phew. What did he just say that? Did he <laughs> just right. say that? It's so in. It's uh, it's canon. It, it, that's it. Anything Star Wars from here on out is canon. Uh, so he says that, and of course, uh, 
gets frozen in Carbonite. Yep. So another wonderful nod back. There's a lot of nods back to Empire Strikes Back mm-hmm. with all this, uh, that being an obvious one. But first time we're seeing Carbonite in a Star Wars uh, live action setting other than Empire. It's pretty crazy, too, how he has that technology in his ship. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, so these are like portable pods now. Yeah. And what, five and a half years earlier when Empire Strikes Back they had a took whole room place? dedicated to it. Right. And they weren't even sure they could do it. Yeah. And now it's like common practice for yeah. him. And he's got like these individual customized pods yeah. so he can capture it's on the like, fly. It's like his Pop Funkos. He could- <laughs> it is like. <laughs> It is. They're a little little bit chillier. Uh, Uh, Yeah. Very Uh, very cold. Very cold. So he takes uh, his bounties and he meets a new character. One I imagine will kind of will revisit throughout the the coming episodes. Who's the name of the character? So we meet um, Grief Karga, who is played by Carl Weathers, um, very famous actor. Um, And this character is basically the guild leader of these bounty hunters. Um, and we find that out because he puts down some petty bounties for, you know, um, ditching bail and um, smuggling, I think, was one of the other ones. And the Mandalorian tries to take them all. And he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, there's other people in the guild. You can't just keep taking all the bounties, basically. <laughs> um, and they, they were lower um, lower value as far as, like, the reward. And he was like, I'll take whatever I can get, basically. And he – so he goes to pay him, which was interesting, in Imperial Credits – yeah, he throws down Imperial credits and the Mandalorian goes, I don't know if you heard, but uh, <laughs> yeah. the Empire's no more. Those aren't worth anything to me. That was a nice way to kind of establish the setting. Yeah, this is the time period. This is what's happening. And he says they yeah. still spend and he you know, kind of goes to take the, the keys back. Yep. And then no, no theatrics. No. And then <laughs> no he, need for theatrics, he says. He gives him uh, something, another kind of currency. Um, it was calamari flan. Which was, it, it made this interesting noise kind of when you touched it, it yeah, almost it like was, a, a liquid. Yeah, almost like blue discs, like blue soap discs. <laughs> yeah. It was um, like what you'd put in your dishwasher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is interesting. Tide pods. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're pretty much. So, yeah, that I like that. I love that nod back to but he takes the credit too. He says, you can take calamari flan, but I'm only paying half. And he's like, okay. I'll take yeah. What, I'll take what I get. It's better than Imperial credits. I'll take half of my bill in another planet's currency yeah versus For this dead this defunct kind yeah. of uh exactly. old school thought so that was great that it kind of establishes him as someone who's a paying customer mm-hmm. uh, someone part of the guild and right after that i love this sequence uh he goes and meets who we believe is possibly some sort of like uh, former imperial officer he's we known, think there were some sort of ties there he's known as the client um but he is surrounded by four stormtroopers, armor stormtroopers, um, and he has this uh, emblem on his neck, which is just like a medallion with the imperial symbol on it. Yeah, so uh, that's pretty obvious that he's he's pro empire. He's at least the sympathizer. Wants the empire back. He references wanting there to be kind of this order again, mm-hmm. um, which maybe you know he has something to do with the first order in the future, the near future. But the stormtroopers loved seeing those guys walking around. Oh, yeah. That was great, just for old time's sake. Um, we also kind of see his stance on, I mean, if you want to break down the, the two options he had for the bounty that he was given, there was the doctors and there was kind of like that extra, like, well, if this happens. <laughs> yes. So it sounded like it was about just about imperative that the, the asset, if you will, be brought in alive. Mm-hmm. And then he says, but bring it in. Dead if you have to, if I recall. Yeah. So says, I understand your work gets, gets is difficult, basically. So, you know, if you're buried in debt, I'll pay you less, but I'll still pay you. And Which would make sense based on some theories that we've started yes. to and see surface. Our doctor friend here, um, Dr. Pershing, which is kind of like um, he's a very timid kind of doctor where, you know, he's kind of behind the scenes, evil genius kind of feel to him. So we're going to see what happens with him. But basically, he wants this bounty asset alive, and the other guy is kind of like, Bring it back alive if it's easy. If not, you can kill it. Yeah. I don't care. Actually, I might might prefer it dead. That's kind of how it comes off. (laughs) And because we kind of the the theory here is that they're they're trying to clone this asset uh, who later we find out is of the same species as Yoda or Yaddle, if if you prefer Yaddle. (laughs) Um, But 
uh, I would say probably just a naturally more force sensitive species. We still don't know the name of the species. I imagine they're going to name it at some point. Well, all they give him to when he goes off on the bounty is the location with the tracker and the age of the creature. Right, so they say they fifty years old. He's fifty years old. I was like, well, who could that be? I mean, that could that be Boba Fett? Could that be another character? Right. And then at the end, obviously, we see it's a a baby. Yoda, but it's mm-hmm. a, not, sorry, not Yoda. I don't want to be that guy. Well, it's okay. Um, we we call it a baby Yoda because we don't really. I, I was gonna say yodeling. I like that <laughs> term, but <laughs> yodeling is a, is a good one. So, we don't really know again. Child, yeah, what it. what it is, but uh, it was a clever part or a clever thing that they did when they said fifty years old. Mm-hmm. Not just because you're not even thinking about I, like Yoda would have been farthest thing from my mind yeah. that species. Uh, but 50 Years puts that firmly in the prequel territory. So, mm-hmm. oh, is this an old character from way anyone, back you know, that we survived that we don't know about or that we thought was dead? Or And my, my first thought was Boba Fett. Sure. Like, well, I don't know how old he was, you know, during Empire. and Right. Um, so, well, if Boba was born, he would have been 10 in Clone like, Zero. episode two. So he would have been about 40-ish, okay. somewhere in there. Forty um, ish during this time period, or during this time period, he would have been about forty five. Okay, so, so that it could not, have fit the description. Yeah. Only a few years. So that was my first thought, but obviously it wasn't. And and we think there's a possibility they're trying to clone this creature. And if that guy was a a, a former imperial uh, or sympathizer or whatever he's trying to do, why wouldn't you start with a force sensitive being yeah. like that? You know, and something I mean, so rare. They could have definitely taken over the technology that the Kamonians had because they weren't like war. A war, like a warrior planet, I guess would be the terminology for it. So it'd be easy for them to say, hey, we like your technology, we're taking it. It makes you wonder what happens to Kamino. Um, and I'm sure it's explored at some point yeah. in the, the near future. Well, the only movie, or I'm sorry, the only like non-canon thing that we saw the cloning in was um, Force Awakened. I'm sorry. Um, Force Unleashed? Force Unleashed 2, right? I or think one, so. One and two, maybe. Both oh, man. Now I don't know. I got I to play those again at yeah. some point. So just very, go. very good games, but there is a thing where... Um, our main character, Star Killer, is is cloned, mm-hmm. and um, it's a, he's successfully, <laughs> yeah, sensitively cloned. Um, but there is a lot of um, non-canon and canon things where they talk about wanting to do this. So th- it could it be introduced here? Is it something we're going to see in the new movie? There's a lot of theories with you know um, Ray being a clone or Ray you know, fighting herself. So a lot of weird things going on. Nothing confirmed. I'm not spoiling anything. There's a possibility that some of those, uh, some of what they're doing in episode nine was pulled from force unleashed, Mm -hmm. which is a a video game series back on the Xbox 360 and PS3. If you're not familiar. Um, yeah, I, I would love to see if that ties in or not. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Um, so we kind of go on the run. We meet Nick Nolte's character, uh, Quill, Quill, one of the two. Um, Quill. We also get to, um, I'm going to jump ahead unless you want to say anything there, just IG 11. So um, yeah, but basically he meets, um, Quill and this guy is a moisture farmer and a blurg wrangler. The blurg is the two legged thing that, um, attacks him right in the beginning. And this kind of like this little montage of him, like learning how to ride a horse and like believing in yeah. himself, kind of, kind of cheesy, but very well done how they handled it. They get to talk about some of the, the past lore there and Mandalorians and what they should be doing and like this should be nothing for you. Yeah. You're a warrior. He's like, hey, you know, your ancestors rode these you know, creatures. Why can't you ride this stupid little thing basically is what he says. <laughs> exactly. Um, and they actually did need to ride them to basically jump the canyons when they're traveling to their location. Um, but that's a nice little montage. The guy gives some nice advice and things. But yeah, right to IG-11. So in Empire Strikes Back, you'll recall there's a, a tough-looking droid uh, when Darth Vader is talking to all the bounty hunters in the room, including Boba Fett, Bosk, uh, Dash Rendar. Uh, you see IG-88. Uh, in here, we see IG-11. These are assassin droids built for either assassinating, of course, or bounty hunting. Uh, IG-11 is wonderfully voiced by Taika Waititi, uh, who you may know as the director of Thor Ragnarok. He also plays the character Korg in the movie. Fan favorite. So as soon as they mentioned Taika was going to be tied to this project in, in some way, shape, or form, I couldn't have been more excited because I Thor Ragnarok is one of my favorite Marvel Cinematic un, uh, Universe movies. The guy's a genius. Yeah, he, he's he's wonderful. What We Do in the Shadow is also a really great movie, and which you should check out. Um, in that new movie, Jojo Rabbit, which I have not seen yet, but I am looking forward to it. Yeah, any, anything Taika these days yeah. for me. 
Uh, Taika, thank goodness, is coming back for another Thor movie. So here, uh, he voices the droid immediately. You just, you know, it's Taika. And even though it's very robotic, it's it's still funny to me. Yeah, it's not coming off as comedic, but it's coming off as like, I'm a droid. I have a mission. Like, I don't. I don't have a sense of you know soul or feeling or it's, he does a very good job of demonstrating that, especially with his self-destruct sequences. Yeah. <laughs> I will begin self-destruct sequence. Yeah, he cuts down like six times in the. But episode. then he gets he gets persuaded so easy. Yeah, he's like, no, no, don't do that. Oh, this okay. is acceptable. Sorry. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I loved it so Logically. much. It was so funny, um, and I know it wasn't meant to be funny, but it's just because I love Taika, mm-hmm. so I kind of see him behind the scenes voicing that character and just probably being a goofball. Uh, but I hope that that droid comes back for more episodes. I imagine it will. Even if it's not IG-11, if they just keep the same type of droid, like that could be the voice of IG-88 and we don't even know about it. Right. You know what I mean? like it's gotta. It's it. gotta come I back. Mean, all of the battle droids and super battle droids kind of had their own unique voice, but it was very much the same, similar to like, the clones. They all had the same kind of voice. So Yeah, they were all very close. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, these two kind of go through what's a, a really good battle sequence. I thought, uh, they find the asset. We see that it's this baby Yoda or Yaddling. Yaddling. Y- Yaddling. <laughs> As Tom is, uh, kind of self-named it there. And that was shock for me. I was like, oh my gosh. And then that quickly turned to, oh, it's so cute. Yep. So, um, and then IG-88 almost kills it. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. IG-11 almost kills I- it. And you see the, or you hear the laser bolt, and you realize it was the Mandalorian shooting yep. uh, IG. So uh, I love how they kind of like almost touched fingers there. Yeah. Uh, just to, to, you know, it's funny too, because this is a 50 year old, but it's a baby, because we know that mm-hmm. Yoda's species uh, has a different aging process, because Yoda was over 900 by the time he, he passes away in, in Return of the Jedi. Uh, and that ends the episode. That ends the episode. Uh, strong, strong start for the Mandalorian. Yeah. We'll dive right into episode two here again. Uh, thanks for listening and watching. You are uh, currently viewing and or listening to uh, We Have Spoken, the Geekiverse's all-new uh, Mandalorian-based podcast slash web show. So in episode two, I feel like there wasn't as much to unpack, but again, um, I liked it just about as much, if not for all different reasons. Yeah. There was a good flow to it. Besides the fact that it was slightly shorter, I mean, it had... A very similar feel, I and mean, we got the same idea of who the character was, a little more background on what's kind of happening, you know, as he's going forward. I mean, episode two right away, he made a choice to not kill this, so he's taking the risk to say, I'm going to bring the asset back and try to get my full price for it. Yeah. But there also is this kind of sense of, you know, you kind of feel like he is starting to already be like, okay, I like this little thing. Like, yeah, they're almost like, if almost I find a connection. Out they're gonna hurt this. I don't know if it's worth trading it in. Yeah. Um, one of the things though is the reward is very important to the Mandalorian and his. I guess I'll just say his tribe, the Mandalorian people. Um, this his reward is going to be this Beskar material, which is used to make their armor, uh, very strong metal basically, and if he gets it and he brings all this stuff back, I mean he's gonna basically be rich in his culture and you know he's i don't know if he's trying to redeem himself we'll get to that later um and one of the things that they mention in the first episode is foundlings yes yes he brought back this tiny piece of this metal and the armor says we can sponsor other foundlings which to me are just like orphans basically right which can be trained in the mandalorian ways um so this is this is a big choice for him to be like do i want to support my culture and my tribe or do i want to save this random baby i just found and kind of where is he where's he at with that we don't know yet if there's an emotional aspect to the mandalorian we would assume there will be uh as you know he's human or again we assume uh but we see the mandalorian tribe uh or what's left of it or a little bit of a gathering as you mentioned mm-hmm. uh it's interesting knowing about the the metal and the alloys that kind of put together their armor so we're getting insight into that very brief flashbacks also in the first episode of of presumably the mandalorian as a child uh so there's a lot uh, that we don't know about mandalorian culture despite everything we saw in the the clone wars animated series and a good chunk of it, honestly, in Star Wars Rebels, uh, sure. which you're going to be checking out shortly. That's uh, Sabine, right? Yep. Uh, so there, there's uh, no, I guess, there's never been really 
a shortage of an emphasis on Mandalorians in Star Wars since the prequel era. But now we're kind of diving into more of the specifics finally. Yeah, the Clone Wars covered a good majority of, you know, of how that works. Um, and basically, even though our main character is called the Mandalorian, um, there is a moon Mandalore and there is a leader Mandalore. Um, and you don't become the Mandalore unless you kill the previous Mandalore, kind of like taking over a king's rule. Um, and you have to prove that you are, you know, the more powerful warrior to take him down. So one of the things everyone should realize is that this guy isn't the Mandalore that we know yet. Um, I don't think he is based on the conversations he had with the other Mandalorian, um, the armor. Right, right. We'll see. There's there's a lot of questions to be had for sure. And, um, uh, six more episodes to go until we, we dive into a, another season. So there, there's a lot of, of groundwork to, to be had. So in episode two, one thing that I want to jump to that I, I loved uh, was the Jawa, uh, any any interaction with the Jawas, and then the, the Sandcrawler. Yes. I thought that was just awesome. What a, It was a great sequence. So basically, um, the Mandalorian gets the asset, the child, and he brings it back to his ship, only to find that the Jawas have completely wrecked the ship that he left alone for X amount of time. And they're just scrapping the heck out of it. Scavengers. <laughs> they're just taking it apart. All his weapons. Yeah. Um, important parts of the ship. There's literally, literally holes in it. Um, so he starts disintegrating. Them. <laughs> it's a nice uh, nice callback to Empire Strikes Back. Uh, so Darth Vader tells Boba Fett, no disintegrations. And it, you're like, okay, what does that mean? Yeah. It's funny. These things I never questioned are getting answered. So now... We find out that the disintegration is, oh my gosh, he's literally disintegrating Jawas. <laughs> he has this blaster rifle that he can shoot them from a great distance, and they literally disintegrate Infinity War style. <laughs> I was just about to say that, very much Infinity War style. Um, just I, I loved it. I loved seeing Jawas in action, too. Yeah. And kind of how they like group together. They're not warriors, clearly. So they were just throwing things at him. It was not going well. Yeah, he uh, catches up with them. The Sandcrawler takes off. He jumps, literally jumps on the Sandcrawler and tries to scale it, Assassin's Creed style. And oh yeah, they're just throwing stuff out the window, just different scraps and materials, and they're hitting them. And it's he's throwing them out windows, and it, it's a very cool scene. I was very impressed with that. It's my my favorite sequence um, in either of the the two episodes so far. And the whole time the baby is floating behind them. Yeah, which is <laughs> fantastic. Just kind of floating behind them. Just like all right, I'll watch this. I love the the kind of the carriage it's in. That it just yeah. we've never seen that in Star Wars with mm-hmm. a baby, and here it kind of floats, and you can close it when it's. You know, yeah, they might have had it um, in the Clone Wars. There's a thing with like a a baby, the same species of Jabba the Hutt. I don't want to spoil anything for anyone in that series, but um, I'm not sure if it has a, a carriage like that or not. Oh yeah, but maybe. Like I know Ahsoka's like walking around with it. Right. <laughs> so, I wonder if that was it. I barely. I'll have to I, go back and watch. I that. barely remember that movie. It was not not so good. The no, uh, the, the Clone the, Wars movie. The actual series. Oh, you're talking the series. The actual okay. series. It was an episode. I'm talking about. Um, so in the Clone Wars movie. Jabba the Hutt's nephew or son? One a, a family member of Jabba's gets like kidnapped. Yeah. And Ahsoka like finds the the hut and, and takes it back. Hmm, maybe it was the movie though. Um, I could be wrong. There's a lot of Star Wars content. There is a lot of Star Wars content <laughs> these days. Yeah, it's crazy. Restart all of it. Speaking of scaling, I got to scale a an Imperial Walker in Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. And then get inside of it and take out the stormtroopers. And then I got to actually man it. And I got to like shoot at this Imperial base with it. It was pretty cool. One of the best moments from the new Jedi Fallen Order Final, video go game. Go yeah, buy go it. buy it. You gotta play it. It's you can watch this this was a clip that was released by EA uh, a few months ago. Mm-hmm. So it's not really spoilery. No, that's fine. Um but uh, why don't we get into the the list here actually? I want to get into for this is this will go over episodes one and two. This is from a website called theweek.com and it takes uh, eleven uh, kind of Easter eggs from the Mandalorian here that we've seen so far. So first up, we see Life Day, uh, which is great because this is a a callback to the infamous Star Wars holiday special, mm-hmm. uh, which I think at some point maybe we get another one of, or we get maybe they this. were talking about. He's um, the director said he would be willing to do it. So John Favreau loves it. By the way, John Favreau, amazing job. I think he was perfectly the guy to be Everything in charge does. of this. That's great. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm a big fan of his. And uh, 
I, I hope he gets to continue to work in Star Wars, not just Mandalorian here, but maybe future projects. Love to see him get a movie at some point. And, and he's happy, right? He's, uh, yes, he is. He's Happy Hogan. Yes. Okay. Uh, so he did the first two Iron Man movies, uh, and, and he, he was, was a, a large portion of where the MCU went over the, the last 10, 11 years. Um, let's see here. It's, uh, they list uh, also in terms of Easter eggs, the Pulse Blaster. So that was the same one used by Boba Fett in the holiday special. I didn't know that. I've actually never seen the holiday Me special. Either. I know what we're doing this, uh, this uh, holiday season. Everyone says <laughs> I've got to watch it. it, and they say I've got to um, like record a reaction video as as we stream it. So I Is think that's interesting. Plus? It's not. I know. I'm Come surprised on, it's Disney, not. Get on it. I heard that George Lucas hates it so much. I don't know if this is true, but I heard that he hates it so much that he's like, do it. He's done everything his whole life in his power to make sure like no one just gets their hands on yep. it. Which not going to be that way forever, George. Sure Sorry, it's, YouTube, it's fine. It absolutely has we'll to be. Uh, or you could probably buy. I would imagine like bootleg VHSs. <laughs> it's got. It's got to be. Um, let's see here. A familiar droid is listed as bullet point number three. Um. Oh, okay. So this is the droid that I mentioned to you earlier. Uh, like in Return of the Jedi, that one-eyed droid that talks to C-3PO uh, as they approach Jabba the Hutt's palace. That is what we have here. And that was just, just kind of a little feel-good thing to be like, all oh, right, we're using Everything some of those. Everything that looked familiar was just it was spot on. such a good feeling. Yeah. Uh, lots of classic uh, aliens is, is kind of a bullet point here. Most notably, the Kowakian monkey lizard. So Salacious Crumb is that annoying little high-pitched monkey-looking thing next Jabba's to Jabba. Uh, I almost wondered if that was him in the cage for a second, but it I'm like... It could have been, it, but his, his ship kind of blew up, so... Yeah. i when he's dead. The, so we see them in cages, and we see one getting fried, yep. which I thought was really, really funny. Very Porg style. Yeah, oh my gosh, <laughs> I didn't even I didn't put two, two together. Uh, we talk about Beskar, uh, which is the fictional metal that we know the, the Mandalorians to be... Uh, was this referenced in Rebels? Let me see here. Um, yes. Okay. Interesting. So I didn't even uh, pick up on that. Uh, them cloners, it lists as bullet point number six. So we see Dr. Pershing, who in the first episode is very insistent that the asset be kept alive. Uh, the doctor wears an emblem on his clothing that fans have noticed appears to be the same one worn by the clones of Django Fett. Okay. So there's actually something to back it up. I thought people were just making theories about it. No, there's legit stuff behind it here. Okay. Then I'm okay with it. I'm yeah. I, uh, it. clones, <laughs> they're not going away, man. Sorry nope. to all you prequel haters. Mm-mm. Most notably, John and Seth. Uh, but uh, number seven says, could it be, and this is one I disagree with. Okay. Uh, they said, and a lot of people have said they've noticed a strikingly similar looking person to Boba Fett in Mandalorian armor when um, the Mandalorian enters that kind of... Episode one. Yes, in episode Chapter one, one when he enters kind of the... Outpost. Yeah, outpost, I guess, is probably the best way to put it. The congregation of sorts. I looked at video uh, nerdist.com posted a video on this, even slowing it down, brightening it up. I don't see it. I, I think it's a stretch. I, I think it would be too. I mean, to put him in the, fr- I, I, I'm hopeful that we're going to see him eventually in this. I mean, especially because there's, you know, so many theories that he crawled out of the Starlight pit. I'm not sure if any of the books covered it or not of him officially being alive still, but I don't think they would throw it in the first episode to be like, Oh, he was right there the whole time. That seems like a little too much for me. But yes, I, maybe that's something times, they established so. <laughs> later on. I don't think so. In this current era of Star Wars, this this second canon, this current canon we're in, Boba Fett is his fate has not been discussed. True. Uh, so we don't know. Uh, I think again that's a stretch, but we'll see some more articles on that in the coming weeks. I imagine uh, number eight. I thought this was great. Uh, the great Mythosaur. So um, this is the creature that. Um, <sighs> Yes. Uh, I'm trying to think back here. Forgive me if they did this in the Clone Wars or not. I don't know that they do. But anyway, long story short, this is where the Mandalorians uh, kind of drew their, their famous skull symbol from. So the one you see on Boba Fett, obviously the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. Jango Fett back in the day. Uh, go play the game Bounty Hunter. This thing is everywhere. And that is where it comes from, the Great Mythosaur. So this, uh, pretty much a dragon without wings. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty cool looking. It, it does look awesome. Number nine, we mentioned already no disintegrations of Vader's callback line from The Empire Strikes Back. Number 10, there is another. So we're talking about here the 
the species that we have no name for just yet. Yodlings. Yodlings. Um, and then this one is something that we'll uh, probably wrap on here as we kind of get towards the end of the episode. Number 11, it says the force is strong with this one. So this this baby is uh, it's force sensitive. Yeah. We um, don't know to what degree uh, this this species naturally is, but it seems like between Yoda, Yaddle, and now this uh, unnamed baby that they all have just kind of maybe this force sensitivity that is maybe a little bit off the charts. Mm-hmm. And I wonder where that goes. And it makes sense that they'd be trying to clone this very, I mean, worth a lot. It yeah. seems like, it, you know, because they, they want this thing alive or dead. I mean, they have all the, the records from the Jedi. I mean, they sure completely have the whole temple, had the temple years ago taken down and took all the information out of the library. I mean, there could have been something in there saying, you know, these this species of character, you know, is... Um, all of it exists. Is always Force-sensitive. There's some kind of science behind it. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it does show, though, in that last scene, which we didn't really discuss, um, basically the Mandalorian is sent on a mission by the Jawas to get his parts back. Um, he goes into this ca- uh, cave of, like, this rhino creature um, to get the egg. I forgot what they call it, but it's hilarious when they're all chanting it. <laughs> I don't know what the <laughs> Jawas like call it. basically going, egg, egg, egg. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, it's funny how they all kind of giggled, and they said that they could either have the... The baby, or they can have the egg. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna eat something. He's like the egg. Yeah. All right. Um, but basically, um, he gets the egg, and this rhino thing beats the heck out of him, and it's about to kill him. He's kind of on his last last stand. He's got like a literally a three inch dagger ready to take this thing down, and the the child picks it up with the force, and it floats there, and he takes it down. And that was pretty it, awesome. It was awesome. It really shows that this creature likes the Mandalorian and that's kind of like mm-hmm. that's where I see that relationship for me with him being like this thing saved my life am I really going to just turn it over I mean is it that important to me that's where I got my theory from there but I saw a funny meme on the internet today uh, actually there's a new Star Wars fan group on Facebook that I'm part of and it said uh, it was a picture it was like an animated or a drawn picture of uh, the Mandalorian and uh, holding the baby mm-hmm. and it said boy I've only had this baby for a day but if anyone comes near it or hurts it, I will kill them. <laughs> uh, so uh, I love that whole sequence. I, I, when that um, when it emerged from the cave, I thought it was actually the reek from um, uh, the arena on Geonosis. Oh, okay. That'd you know the cool. one I'm talking about, like the horned one? Yeah. Um, I thought that that was maybe a callback to that, but uh, I don't believe so. Um, one of the things that was not on that list as far as a... Easter egg um, was the aliens on planet two are playing Sabacc in the bar. Oh, yes, yes. Yep. There's like a couple different tables going on there. Um, yeah. Got the monkey Classic. thing. I'm trying to see what else here. There's two references in episode one. One about the Great Purge, um, which all I know about that we looked up before is the Empire took all of this um, Biscar metal from the Mandalorians. I'm not sure if they had their own war or if it was part of you know, the Jedi Purge or what was going on with this with their rise to power. Um, but the Empire has a good chunk of this metal. So that's kind of a nice little reference there. Um, and then one other thing was um, the armor says to the Mandalorian, do you have your signet yet? And I don't know if that means like an apprentice or if that means like a symbol of his own. Um, hmm. so I'm kind of waiting on those there. And then the foundling thing we talked about earlier of, you know, the Mandalorian basically being an orphan and how he came to join up with these Mandalorians and become this fearsome. Character. Yeah. I'd so. love to find out more about that. I'm sure we will here in the coming episodes. And I, I imagine we do during season one. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, overall thoughts, uh, kind of wrapping up here. First episode of we have spoken. What are we thinking on, uh, episodes one and two here? I mean, I'm ready for more. And yeah. It's fantastic. I mean, How do you like the, the release style, by the way, before I forget? I'm kind of glad they're doing it um, once a week now because I, it would be over. We would be doing the whole podcast right now on everything. I am a huge fan of this. So uh, Geekiverse has another new show called Pluscast. We just talk about everything Disney Plus. We preview stuff. We talk about all the latest news on it, and we review things. Um, I am a big fan of this subscribe or uh, subscription release because... Netflix will do them all, all episodes for a Binge season in one day. Um, same with with Hulu and, and a lot of other services. 
I like this because I feel like I don't have homework now. I feel like I can take my time with it, be on the same page as everyone else because I'm not a binger. Um, it's rare that I get through more than two or three episodes at a time of anything. It would all be spoiled already. Everyone would just know what happened. Another huge thing is Star Wars. Spoilers run rampant. So I have 24 hours to watch it before someone ruins it for me. 100%. <laughs> Star Wars, more than any other property out there, is is tough when it comes to spoilers, I would argue. Yep. And they do a, a good job, mostly, of keeping things under wrap. But even on day one, uh, this released before some people were out of bed, mm-hmm. depending on where you live, uh, we see pictures of Baby Yoda all over Twitter and social media. Yeah. So, get a job. Yeah, get a job, you <laughs> bum. That's kind of uh, a, a big drawback, I think, yep. to releasing it all in one day. Another thing is with Disney, they can now say... Uh, oh, Joe, hey, you're a huge Star Wars fan. Well, you, you could buy a month, but you have to buy two months worth to watch it because now you know all the episodes are going to come out through November and December. A smart little thing there to draw things out a little bit. I mean, I, I've, I'm already excited about their future content. and Same. I mean, not, not to start the streaming wars, but I mean, this is a big deal for you know content quality. I mean, Netflix and Hulu and Amazon all have their own great shows. But if I have to choose between these guys, I mean, I'm going to go with my fandoms and Same. things I'm passionate about. And it would literally come down to this Disney content because they own everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that new separate fandom, but the, Lo- the Lord of the Rings show, when that comes out for Amazon, whenever that comes out, they, right. those are my two go-tos right now. I'm, I'm with you. I think if they were like, right now you have to have, you can only have one streaming service, mm-hmm. it would be Disney Plus. Yeah. And it's all new. I mean, everything else has been kind of old and we've already seen everything mm-hmm. on Netflix. It's been around for so long. Same with Hulu. I mean, but there's exclusive content and they're doing it right. I mean, I think I'm so. not complaining. I mean, if they're going to give me good quality content, I'll keep paying the whatever it is for it. Yeah. Uh, Plus we're locked in anyway. So <laughs> That's right. We've got three years prepaid here <laughs> at the Leroy household, which Worth is wonderful. It. So, um, Episode one or two? Which one do you prefer? Episode one. I would have to give the nod to episode episode one. Episode but man, two flip was a coin. Slightly slower, and it was shorter, so that would be what take what takes it the cake for me. I mean, but it's only like a half a point rating difference. Yeah. So it. Uh, I felt like it actually moved faster, and it was also shorter, so it moved really fast for me. Just pacing was more consistent. It's going to be tough to like rate these two because like the next episode might connect so well with the previous episode that it might change my rating. Um, I where I feel like I'm watching a story and like one whole cinematic thing here um, versus like oh you know this was a good episode you know if you jumped in and watched this one it was good but you you can't with this this style of entertainment. So. I, I give it nine Kowakian monkey lizards out of ten. <laughs> I think that's the way to go. It's too many monkeys. It's too many monkeys. Too many. No, I was gonna say um, nine and nine point five for the first one, and then nine for the second one. So I think we can just say split the difference. Yeah. All right. So you've got nine point two five. Let's just say nine out of ten. Okay. We'll say nine, 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 9.25 <laughs> creepy Jawa eggs out of out of ten. I don't know what a Jawa egg looks like, but that thing Jawas was. have eggs? I would imagine. Yeah, yeah actually, yeah. I have no idea. Anyway, I don't know enough about Jawas. <laughs> that is a separate podcast, yeah, and they're probably not on this station either. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you for tuning in to the original episode of We Have Spoken, uh, the Geek versus All mandalorian based podcast it's so weird to say that we have a podcast based on on the mandalorian but here we are uh, you can check out on the video version on youtube.com slash the geekiverse and the audio version on itunes and soundcloud or anywhere that you can find the geekiverse on social media any wrapping thoughts um just one okay we, we have, have spoken, spoken. that's it nailed it yep <laughs> we'll catch you next week for episode three